Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunrise on this beautiful, crisp, chilly fall morning. And we are driving over here this morning for the worship team to get ready for rehearsal. I was passing all this fog and all this frost on the ground. I'm like, that's not right. It was just like 75 degrees last weekend. Um, but welcome to worship. My name is Dan. I'm the worship director, and I'd like to start things off. I want you guys to go ahead and stand with us. We're going to um, worship this morning with a, a song that start off. It's the line in the land that God um, is the line of Judah. We read... Um, you know, back in the Old Testament, we, had, we see all these different images of God going before the battles, um, the Israel armies, and, and fighting the battles for them. So this song um, speaks to that, and God is on our side. So hear these words from Psalm 91 to kind of set the stage for this morning. Those who live in the sh- shelter of the Most High will find shadow of the Almighty, will find rest. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. For he will rescue you from every trap, protect you from every deadly disease, and he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His promises, his faithful promises, are your armor and protection. So let's worship this morning as we sing about God fighting our battles and protecting us this morning. Before 
can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Oh, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? He's fighting our battles. Oh, who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one. Oh, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Oh, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Oh, who can stop the Lord? I got it, the lion, the lion of Judah, is roaring with power. sins of the world His blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb oh every knee will bow before Him Amen darkness now has ended in the kingdom of light in the kingdom of light forever under your dominion you're the king of my life you're the king of my life you reign above it all you reign above it all over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. On the cross, the work was finished. God, you poured out your life just to give us new You reign above. 
you sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You reign above it all, you reign above it all.
fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night.
God, thank you that we can rest in that knowledge, that peace today, that you are the one that goes and fights our battles. We don't have to take that on ourselves. We don't have to have the burden weighing on our shoulders to be in control, to know the answer to every single question. God, increase our faith this morning to know that you are there with us. You are there holding us up. God, we thank you that you are a good and loving and kind God. Not a God that is far away and distant in heaven, counting our every single wrong or every single sin, but God, that you are a God of love. That because Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, that God, you see us through that. You see us as pure and white and washed as snow. So God, this morning we lay down our pride. And we give you control this morning, Jesus. you be all the honor and glory today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you guys take a seat? I have a couple of announcements for you guys as we kind of get rolling along in the service. A lot of them. So, bucket your seatbelts. Actually, I want, quick want to welcome, before I get into all those, all those announcements, I want to welcome all of you guys this morning. And if you are, happen to be brand new in the service this morning, special welcome to you. There are QR codes, as you see in front of you on the chairs. You guys can scan those QR codes. That'll bring you to our announcement page on the website. So if you miss something that I um, say this morning, you forget something, you can just check out that. All the announcements are there. And also, there's a special graphic right on the top for our new guests this morning. You can click on that. That'll bring you to a little form on our website where you can fill out a little bit of personal information and also ask some questions of us if you want to get to know us a little bit more, and then we can respond to you, help you feel more welcome, feel more at home here at Sunrise. And also, if you do that, I'll send you a little gift later this week, so a little impetus to fill that out. Also, if you are online, click on that link. That'll bring you to the same exact spot, so welcome to you guys online as well. So, the announcements, buckle their seatbelts. Here we go. So, first of all, Sunrise Students Halloween Party. If you are a student, middle school through high school, um, this Wednesday we have a special Halloween party, so make sure you come in your most favorite, spookiest or interesting or crazy costume. You'll be having lots and lots and lots of candy, so parents, apologize, there's Kids will be coming home with this extra special sugar rush pre-Halloween, so fun for that. Also, you'll be carving pumpkins, so have fun with that. Next up, Pub Theology is not this coming Tuesday, but the next Tuesday, November 2nd. Um, we'll be meeting once again at Hudsonville Grill. Last um, a couple weeks ago, we had our first meeting. It was a great group of guys. We had a, a lot of great conversations. So if you um, are on the email list, or if you're not on the email list, um, let us know. We'd love to have you guys join us for November 2nd. And um, email info at Sunrise Men if you want to jump on that email list and we'll let you know all the info going out for that. Next up, partnership class. We have um, a couple couples signed up for that today. If you are not signed up and you still want to jump in, more than welcome to do that. There will be lunch provided after the service. We're meeting in the youth room. So for those of you interested in that. Lastly, you've been seeing the uh, table out in the lobby with all the food supplies going on there. We are having a Thanksgiving food drive. We're partnering with um, 
Meyer, and we're doing a lot of um, food gathering for that. We're going to be trying to feed 250 families in a few weeks, so we need lots and lots of help from you guys. And I don't need to say any more about it, but we have a fun little video for you guys to launch. So take a look at the screen. Hey, Austin, don't you think this is a great church? I especially like the multicolored hexagons with the Bible references spread across the sanctuary. You are such a nerd sometimes. Hey, look at this. We're actually in the announcements. Wait, where? How? What are you even talking about? The announcements. Did you not scan the QR code? She totally didn't. Wait, Austin, did you? No, I don't even know what that is. Well, you both need to scan the QR code. It's right there in front of you. Scanning it gives you all the information of Sunrise. I've never even scanned a code before. Sounds nifty. Right? And it mentions us. We're being asked to take on a special mission. Really? What kind of mission? You mean like, like a space mission? All the people seem to be going to space these days. I've always wanted to go to space. Sleep Earth's orbit and to the stars and go to the moon and Brand. Pluto. What? You just literally spaced out for a second. Look, if you're not going to take it seriously, that's up to you. But if you are curious, just scan the QR code. 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 Grim, with your phone. I'm okay. Nice work on that video. That was good. So that is a huge opportunity for us to partner with some good folks uh, and to try to help uh, live out one of our values here at Sunrise Ministries. One of the things that we really celebrate is not just the idea of thankfulness, expressing back to God our appreciation for what he's done for us, but also to show compassion, to take that thankfulness and to move it into action that helps serve the people in our community around us. So we are going to help 250 families. We're not doing this to help people look at Sunrise, but we're doing this because we value being compassionate to those around us. Thanksgiving is a huge time for us. There are lots of people in our community who are not able to celebrate in the way that they would like to. And it is a small but meaningful thing for us to be able to gather what we can, whether it's funds or food or even volunteering time to go shop to help get some things for these folks. So join us in that. It's a significant investment, but we believe it's an investment that is worth us making. So join us in that. Guys, welcome. My name is Dan Fisher. Uh, we are glad that you're here today. I cannot offer you gifts like Dan has, but I can offer you a smile. <clears throat> Whether you're here for the first time, you're joining us online, or you're here in the room, you've been here for a while, thanks for jumping in this morning. Uh, over the last several weeks, we've been having a conversation about what it means to try softer. Uh, we isn't that a cute dog? I heard someone, I think someone say this morning that that's really cute, but I think I heard someone else say, but they don't smell very good. Puppies, Right? I know, isn't that mean? Like it's, a, it's a beautiful dog, look at that. There's nothing wrong with that dog. Anyway, uh, we live in a world that tells us to try harder. And in a world that tells us to try harder, it wears us out. <laughs> There's only so much we can do to keep pushing forward. 
And so what does it mean for us as Christians who live in a world that says to try harder when we follow a Jesus who says, just follow me, abide. <laughs> the, the yoke that you want to put on yourself, the pressure that you want to put on yourself is heavy, but the burden that I want to put on you is light. That's counterintuitive. <laughs> we don't want to embrace that very easily. So we've had a conversation about what that looks like. Our first week was on attention. The teachers loved this one. That was a bad joke, sorry. Uh, where do we put our attention? Uh, a lot of time our attention is on ourselves. And so how do we manage that well? How do we shift our attention from ourselves and put it on God and on the things and people around us that really need some of our attention? And along with that, of course, our attention as it's focused on ourselves is on our bodies. And we can have good and primarily negative thoughts about our bodies. We can judge ourselves and take our body and put it over here and treat it as though it is a pantry full of food that is supposed to be supporting us in the way that we want to be supported. Or a financial banker over here who's supposed to be making us look as good as possible. When the fact is, our body is right here with us and it's been given to us as a gift from God. And so we had a conversation about what it means to try softer with our bodies. And all of this conversation has a scaffolding that's built on this book called Try Softer by Andy Kolber. This morning what I want to talk about is a squishy, super uncomfortable topic for some of us, but we're going to do it anyway. It's a conversation on our emotions. Who's excited about that? Yes. You don't feel like it. That's perfect. So to start out, um, I grew up in southern Indiana, then moved to Michigan in junior high. So Michigan is my home, the west part of Michigan. Yes! Four of you are excited about that. Yay! Um, and so uh, along the way, growing up in Christian circles, uh, I was taught, I don't think it was intentionally, and you'll probably, this will resonate with you probably, I was taught to label emotions a certain way. This one's good, this one's bad, this one's okay, uh, but you don't want that one, and you definitely want this one. You guys relate to that? Okay, good. I'm not alone. Whew. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw up, there are 12 of them, okay, so it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, you can respond with a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a thumbs sideways if you want to. I'm not, I'll be looking to see if you respond, but that's not what's most important if you do it outside of your body or with your body. But I, I do want you to engage these words and tell me this is a, a good thing, a bad thing, or a, eh, I don't know, thing. Ready? Here we go. Emotion number one, relief. Good. Okay, who says bad? If you say bad, we got to talk. <laughs> don't know, kind of in the middle. All right, next one. Sadness. Good. Bad. Kind of in the middle. Okay, some of you are participating outside of your minds, that's great. Some of you are participating inside, that's great too. How about this one, happiness? Who says good? Who says bad? Who says I don't know? Okay. How about joy? Sounds pretty okay, right? Who doesn't like joy? Put that thumb down real high. Okay. How about fear? Up, down, in the middle. Okay, got thumbs all over the place there. Variety of thought. Guilt. Who says good? Let's see the goods first. Let's see the bads. 
Let's see the, I don't know. Okay. Shyness. Someone says hi to you, you say hi back. You make eye contact, right? Speak up, Johnny. Grief. Ooh, I heard that one. All right? Pride. There are fewer thumbs going up for this. This is fun. (laughs) Contentment. Feeling welcomed. Okay. And shame. Okay. So a little bit of my own story. Uh, I grew up thinking that there were emotions that definitely landed in the category of wrong, bad. Uh, It is bad to be angry. It is bad to be sad. It's bad to be jealous. I think I've told you guys this before. If you're new, this will be new information for you. If you've been here for a while, if it bores you, that's okay. You'll get over it. Uh, I loved playing sports as a kid. Loved it. I played soccer since I was like this tall and uh, eventually became a soccer referee. I was out on the field running around with all these little kids who looked like a swarm of bees trying to figure out where the ball was and yeah, it was a lot of fun and I knew what the rules of soccer were. I got the book, the little FIFA book that was not just good for AYSO but good for the globe. So I knew the international view of soccer, what was good and what wasn't, what a direct kick was, an indirect kick, when they were needed, all that kind of stuff. And along with that, I became a really well-governed soccer player. And as I got into high school, I decided it was really helpful if I would mentor my referees of the soccer games that I was playing in. (laughs) And when they would make a poor call, I wouldn't get mad at them. I would get frustrated. And I would say, that was a horrible call! But then I would show respect and say, sir... And I remember getting in the vehicle with my parents after games and explaining to them that this call and that call were just wrong. And if you just opened up the book and you saw what was written there, they assigned an indirect kick when it should have been a direct kick, and we would have won the game otherwise. My parents would say something like, chill out, (laughs) you're not the referee, you shouldn't be upset. And somehow in the midst of conversations like that and others, I landed in this place where it is not okay to be upset. It's not okay to be mad. And so fast forward a little bit to when my wife and I first got married, I would be feeling this feeling that I didn't have a name for because it was bad and I had to push it away. And my wife would ask me, how are you feeling right now? You look like you're angry. And I would say, I'm not angry. I'm frustrated. Because that one was okay. That wasn't in the bad category. That, that feeling was that emotion was kind of over here in this gray area where Jesus would look on that one and say, okay, you can be there. Everybody resonate with that a little bit? What I want to suggest to you is that if that is my perspective on emotions, and if that is your perspective on emotions, we have some reconciling we have to do in our hearts and in our minds as we interact with Scripture. Because we're going to talk through two passages briefly, and we're going to look at it through a few different perspectives. 
to help us in one way understand what it is emotions are and how to handle them, but on another level, I want us to look at how is it that we study Scripture. It's super easy for us to look and read the Bible and to just tell ourselves it is this book that has super important information in it. And at the end of the semester, there's going to be a test on it, and you're either going to fail it or you're going to pass it. And if you're like me and it's like math class, if that's what's comparable to, you're going to go out and shoot pool instead of actually study the book and figure out what's going on in life. That's one way to look at Scripture, but there's another way to look at it, to read it, to understand it, and to interact with it in a way that it actually informs the way that we live. We do enough in West Michigan of studying the Bible, joining Bible studies. I want to suggest that what we need to do more, not just in West Michigan, but as followers of Jesus, is to step into Bible doing. And so I want to do that with us this morning around this topic of emotions. So we'll start out with this question. Set the table a little bit. What if these words that are going to come up were the lyrics of a song that we taught our children to sing in church? You know, like this little light of mine. Those kinds of songs, you guys grew up with those. What if this one was a song that we taught him. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me, I said. Oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Number one, if that was the vocabulary we were injecting into our kids here and in Jenison and Hudsonville schools, that'd be amazing. But look at the words that are here. Anguish, terror, death, fear, trembling, horror. I mean, this is the stuff of Halloween. How many of you would be really excited if your kids back here right now in, in their rooms were singing this song? That wouldn't feel right, would it? Why? Go to another song that... It goes this way, I spread out my hands to you, I thirst for you like a parched land, answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails, don't hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you, show me the way that I should go, for it's to you that I entrust my life. These are rich words, right? These are words that are written in psalm. It's a book of songs that are specifically written and given to a church that would be sung to reveal the honesty of the hearts of people who were joined together in those services. Very transparently, there are times that pastors, not here, never here, will get an email after a service, and the feedback will be, that didn't feel uplifting. My emotions in that service were not in this category, but my emotions in this service were over here. And you talked about fear and terror and trembling. You talked about COVID. You talked about how difficult life is. That's not what we need, and I want to suggest to you That does not reconcile itself with this. And so how would we respond? I want you to just actually think about this for a moment. When you first think about our kids, 
our third graders, our junior hires, our high schoolers, our college students. This is about where they usually are on me. If we were to allow them to sing what's in their hearts in such a way that this came out, how would you feel about that? And the question behind that one is, why? Now, you don't have to answer these questions out loud, but I want us to wrestle with this. And I want to take this step as well. Why do you think that these lyrics were written for the church? <laughs> These words were not just written down somewhere for one local church, and when someone walked by, they just happened to find a wrinkled-up piece of paper out in the parking lot that had words on it, and somebody thought, oh, we should take these and make photocopies, because it came from a church. Now, these are words that are written in a book that is written for us today. And so these words, why do you think that these words right here were written for Sunrise Ministries. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. These are the words of someone whose emotions are strong, Words that in the Christian schools I grew up in, teachers would say, maybe you should go talk to somebody in the office. Why would these words be written for us? I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. This is desperation. Answer me quickly, Lord. Where are you? Why are you not listening my spirit fails. I have nothing left. I am at the end of my rope. So much so that I disappeared. Come on. Don't hide your face from me. Cut it out. I need you here. I don't even know where you are or if you're still there. If you don't come out and show yourself to me, I'm going to be like those who go down to the pit, who live in a space of life that they cannot recover from. The depression, the anxiety, the feeling of being lost is going to overtake me. God, where are you? Would you please just let the morning, the sunrise, bring me word of your unfailing love? Would you in some way send someone or something, some kind of feeling that would help me because I'm putting my trust in you. So show me the way that I should go. Show up. Because it's to you I entrust my life. Why do you think these words were written for us? Wrestle with that for a minute. This pushes us past just looking at the words that are there and defining them. It moves us to the point of doing what it is that's happening in this text and realizing that within all of us are words and feelings like these. Can you see how it might be a little bit valuable if these words for you, junior higher, you, college 
student, you stay-at-home parent, can you see how it might be comforting to know that someone who is vaulted high in the world of following God, this David over here under the exit sign, is honest enough to be able to say, my life is rocked and I have no idea where God is and he has got to show up. You're not alone. Here's a question for you. What if these were your feelings? In the moments where you're trying to fall asleep at night and your words are these, how do you feel? My heart is in anguish. I can't fall asleep. There are too many things on my mind. The terrors of death have fallen on me. I'm sick. My spouse has gotten awful news from the doctor. These relationships are falling apart. Fear and trembling have overcome me. Horror, the worst possible ideas of what could happen in life are resting in my soul right now. God, I wish that I had the wings of a dove so I could fly away from all of this and be at rest. These are the kinds of emotions that I have felt as a little kid, as a college student, as an adult, and I think I can be bold enough to say that all of us who are listening, if we have actually any kind of self-awareness, would say all of us have had these kinds of thoughts too. And thank God there was a man who felt these thoughts as well and took the time to write them down for a group of people like us who experience the same kinds of things. How would you feel if these your emotions. I'm spreading out my hands to you. I'm thirsting for you like a parched land. There's been no rain. There are no crops growing in my life. There's nothing but bugs and dust and no one around because there's life found somewhere else. I am by myself. Answer me, God. My spirit is Failing, I have nothing left. Don't hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. God, please, just let tomorrow, it's hours away, but can you please tomorrow show up? Would you give me some kind of word of your unfailing love? God, I've put my trust in you. I was raised in a church I went to Christian school. I showed up where I needed to show up. I've done everything I've needed to to get your attention. Show me the way that I should go. I've entrusted my life to you. If you're like me when you have these thoughts, you don't really want to share them, right? You want to fluff that pillow and flip it over for the cool side and lay back down, maybe reach for a Benadryl and go to sleep. You want to hop on your phone, check out TikTok, YouTube, check the scores, and that doesn't work, so you set it down, you walk to the fridge and Dang it, we're out of chocolate ice cream. 
We want to do everything we can to push these emotions down, right? Please tell me I'm not the only one. Why in the world would God think that it was appropriate to move someone to the point after they have these emotions to write them down in a way that becomes sacred so that we would see them? And what does that have to do with how we treat ourselves when these are our emotions? I can come down hard on myself. I'm a pastor at a church. I can't feel this stuff. I've got two kids. They're watching me. I have a spouse who is doing everything she can around the house right now because I can't do it because of my physical state. I can't bear to add any more weight to the people around me, much less myself. I've got to suck it up and have joy. It's the American way, right? Let's flip this for one more dimension. How would you respond to someone who shared these thoughts with you? And I don't want you to just have in your mind a nameless, faceless person, this silhouette of someone who is sitting in some space out there. I want you to think about maybe the person sitting next to you. Don't make eye contact with them. That would be awkward. But I want you to think about your grandson or your granddaughter or your mom or your dad because I guarantee you these feelings are universal enough that if you have felt a little bit uncomfortable talking about this, the people in your life are too. And doggone it, if in West Michigan we're not good at something, we're good at caring for other people, Right? We'll show up with a wheelbarrow and help you out. We'll buy you groceries. We'll come and mow your lawn, but don't you come mow my lawn. Don't you bring me groceries. I don't need your wheelbarrow. Right? So I want you to tap into that good West Michigan heart for a second and consider how you might respond to someone else whose words are these. Hearts in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have overtaken my life. Horror has overwhelmed me. I have no idea where I'm headed. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. And I've said, I wish I could just get out of here. I wish I could grow wings. And I could flap them and go way up in the sky where people can't see me and just take off. I'm talking to God. I'm spreading out my hands to him and I'm thirsting for him. I've got nothing left. I wish he would just pour a little bit of water on me. Just give me something to sustain me. I've told him, God, answer me quickly. I don't have anything left. It feels like God is hiding his face from me. I feel like I've got no hope. God, would you let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love? (laughs) 
grew up in cadets. I went to Christian school. I went through confirmation. I hung out with the good girls. I put my trust in everything that I was supposed to, and I need, I need direction in my life. I've put my trust in God, and I don't know what to do from here. What's your West Michigan heart doing right there? Tell you what, when my son or my daughter or a student here or an adult comes in and talks to me and they're the ones sitting in that chair expressing these words, my heart breaks. And I want to do everything I can to be emotionally present, to be there with them, to position myself, to put my body in a posture that communicates, I'm here with you and I'm not going anywhere. And I am sorry that you feel this way. And you won't always feel this way, but for the time that you do and even pass it, I will be here as best as I can for you. And I don't have all of the answers. Does that resonate with you guys? The whole thought behind this idea of trying softer. The whole thought about having conversations about where our attention is, how we view our bodies, and even our emotions is so that we would see that all of these parts of us are what make us whole. And that when our Father in Heaven who created us and made us the awkward fourth graders and pubescent 17-year-olds and the empty nesters who are trying to figure out life, he sees and knows where our attention is, what our bodies look like, and what emotions we feel. And we believe and sing songs and tell everyone else around us that God sees those things about us and still loves us. And so what if we were a people when we find ourselves seated in this chair of Psalm 55 and 143, feeling those nasty emotions, instead of judging ourselves for it, pushing it down, we're a people who would say to ourselves and to each other, I'm sorry. What you're feeling is real. And you're not alone. And you won't always feel this way. But as best as I can, I will show up for you. And I will walk with you. That's one of our values here at Sunrise, too, is to be authentic. To be people who can feel emotion. Who can respond to them whether they are out there or in here with the transforming love and grace of God. One final thought and then we'll close. West Michigan has a ton of counselors. Tons of therapists. Lots of psychologists, social workers. If you look at it and you talk with folks who are much smarter than I am, probably better looking too, who know all sorts of good things, 
they'll tell you there are more counselors in West Michigan per capita than what a community actually needs. And they will follow that up with this. But there still aren't enough. Why is that? I don't have all of the answers, but I want to suggest to you that perhaps one of the biggest issues we face in our community is this one. We can take our emotions and we can name them good or bad. And we have this whole list of emotions that are bad. And we avoid them and we push them down. And when we find them in Scripture, we say, those aren't really there. No, 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 no. There's nobody in Scripture who's feeling terrified, who's fearful, who wishes that they could just run away, whose life feels like it's just empty and void and there's nothing good that's going to come from it. There's no one who says in Scripture they wish that they could just escape everything so that they don't feel so depressed that they're stuck forever. That doesn't happen. But we just saw it. And so what we do is we walk through life treating our emotions as though they are a friend who has betrayed us and we push them down and we never let them out in a safe space with a spouse or with a small group or a friend or our parents because the world and the culture that we've developed here in West Michigan has been one of those emotions are bad. And don't go talk to a counselor because if you do that, you don't have enough confidence in God. This is one of the reasons why I am on depression and anxiety medication. This is not a conversation about me. This is a conversation about us. And how beautiful, how tove, to go back to our previous conversation, would we be to the world around us if we were a people who would not judge emotions but help focus them in the way that David does in these psalms toward the heavens? At the end of every one of these feeling sad, terrified expressions, there is this David who says, my confidence still is in God. What if we weren't to try to control the emotions of people, but to were to help guide our students, guide our kids, guide our spouses, guide our staff, our elders, our directors, the visitors in this church? Your emotions are okay, but let's remind you again that there is a God in heaven who made all of you, your body, your emotions, and he is still there loving you in the midst of all of it. And he knows you will not always feel this way, and he is walking with you, and doggone it, so Will we? These are the kinds of things we dream about at Sunrise Ministries when we say things like, God has called us to transform the world with his grace and with his love. And so God, we pray that we would be a people who see and interact with your word in a way where we don't just define the words that are there where we don't just view what's happening as things that have happened a long time ago and it's just a quick biographical sketch of what happened as though we're reading what happened a long time ago in Princeton, Indiana when a fourth grader won second place in the wrestling competition. God, would you help us to see that what's in this book are words that are helpful for our children, for us, for our friends to interact with. 
and to wrestle with in such a way that it changes the way that we do life. And so right now where you are, maybe you're so overwhelmed with emotion you don't know how to name them. Maybe you're feeling an emotion right now that you've been told all of your life is a bad emotion. Even Jesus in the garden begged and asked God to find some other way to direct Jesus' life so that he wouldn't have to be sad, he wouldn't have to grieve, he wouldn't have to face death. It's one of the main declarations of the church that Jesus was perfect and he couldn't sin. If he could not sin, then those words themselves, those emotions were not wrong. So what emotions are you feeling? And what direction are they pointing you? Are they telling you that your life is so dry right now there is nothing good that can come from it? If so, that's okay. You're safe here. Are you scared about what's going to happen tomorrow, this week, or this semester? That's okay. feeling drained by the long months of trying to find a job or missing a loved one. Those emotions are allowed here. God, we are full people with bodies, with attention, with emotions that you have given us. And in the midst of all of that, you've not promised to make our lives perfect right now where we are living, but you have promised to always be with us and to love us and to never be ashamed of us. So God, because you've promised that to us, because that is what you're doing for us and in us, would you help us to be the people who are being those same things to each other and to the world around us so that we can be a community that is beautiful, that reflects you, and that says to the world around us, the secret to life is not to try harder, but it's to try softer. Join us as we sing this song. I'm
of this day, the rest of this week, there are people around you who, like you, are feeling at times the same kinds of things that you just saw up on the screen. And what we need in our lives is a space where it's safe to reveal these things. Maybe the simplest and best thing you can do this week is simply ask someone in your life who you love and who trusts you, how are you doing emotionally? show up for them well. Remind them that God made them and loves them and that no matter what they're facing in life, God doesn't say, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to govern what it is you're feeling and make sure that you feel nothing wrong. No, he instead says, follow me. Follow me. I'm always going to be with you. I love you. You're safe. Believe if we can do these things, we can be an excellent expression of who God is to the world around us and to each other. Go into this week and attack it with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. There's a great coach who says that. But do it knowing that your emotions are okay. And that if we can just focus our minds back to God, even with those emotions, and be honest with Him and ourselves and the people around us about how we're doing, it is okay. Because it is the transforming love and grace of God that changes us and our world. So go into this week confident of that. Sunrise, we love you. We'll see you next week.